Welcome back to the Market to Online podcast, where we help new and not so new creators reimagine their online strategies and finally live the life of their dreams. Welcome back, friends. We are on a roll now. This is the fourth episode in this six episode series on copywriting, and I hope you're learning some new things and you're able to add these into your online marketing copy. So thank you for showing back up. We're moving in another direction now. We'll be trying to get to the heart of some good old-fashioned copywriting. So let's dive in. Now let's look at a few of the most often asked questions about copywriting. Here they are. Long or short copy? Which works best? What about headlines? How long should they be? The correct answer usually drives people crazy, which is whatever works. Before you start throwing things at me, though, let me elaborate. Here's the standard for headlines. Eight words or less, except... Well, the traditional wisdom about headlines is that they should be short. There are plenty of exceptions to this rule, including a big one we'll discuss a little later. However, reviewing the 100 Greatest Advertisements by Julian Lewis Watkins, it shows that 95% of the most effective headlines from the early years of magazine copywriting were less than eight words. But magazine copywriters had to worry about brevity due to space concerns. More recently, Studies done from the direct mail industry show that about 50 to 60% of the most effective headlines are eight words or less, therefore leaving ample indication that longer headlines work just fine too. Now here's an exception that applies online. Perhaps you've seen some web sales letters or landing pages which have a headline that looks like a short paragraph. These long headlines can't possibly be working, right? Well, according to the eye-tracking study released by user interface expert Jacob Nielsen, web page visitors read in an F pattern, scrolling intently across the top of the page where the headline should be, then making their way back again across the first subhead, then down the left-hand side of the page to see if there's anything else of interest. The study verifies the 80-20 rules of headlines, and we talked about that in an earlier episode. But it also demonstrates that you might want to include more information in your headline than eight words can usually get across to get the rest of the page read. Though, short headlines are easier to scan and cannot be missed. A general rule of thumb is to write the shortest headline possible that convincingly conveys a unique benefit to the reader so they'll read the body. It's not always easy but it's extremely important. Now, how about long copy versus short copy? 
Does anyone read those long sales letters that go on and on and on? Well, yes, they do. And for many products, long copy outsells short copy by a long margin. The basic rule of copied length is the same as headlines, as long as necessary, but no longer. The key to writing copy that's interesting and informative to someone who actually cares. But beyond that, there are a few guidelines that can help. So let's see what the copywriting experts have to say. Bob Bly says that the length of your copy will depend on three things. Number one, the product. The more features and benefits a product has, the longer the copy. Number two, the audience. Certain people want as much information as they can get before making a purchase. And this is especially true of people on the internet and especially true with information products. Number three, the purpose. What's the goal? Generating a lead for a service business requires less detail, but an ad that aims to make a sale must overcome every objection the potential buyer may have. Joe Sugarman says two factors increase the need for more copy. Number one, price point. The higher the price, the more copy required to justify or create the need. And number two, unusual item. The more unusual the product, the more you need to relate that product to the user by clearly demonstrating the benefit. Michael Fortin, known early on as the success doctor, he sets forth four categories of products with each successive category requiring a longer copy. Number one, convenience products. It fills an immediate need, low price, low thought, short copy. Number two, shopping products. A little higher price, more thought and opportunity to shop around, a little longer copy. Number three, specialty products. With exotic goods, luxury cars, expensive jewelry, art, etc., a longer copy is definitely needed. And number four, unsought products. When people have never realized that their lives were incomplete without your product, get ready to write some lengthy copy. Another thing that we usually speak about is targeting people. And in this, the length of the copy is crucial. As Dan Kennedy said, quote, The person who says, I would never read all that copy, makes the mistake of thinking they are the customer. And they're not. We are never our own customers. There's a thing in copywriting I teach called message to market match. It is this. When your message is matched to a target market that has a high level of interest in it, not only does responsiveness go up, but readership goes up too. The whole issue of interest goes up. 
The truth about long copy is that, first of all, there's abundant, legitimate, statistical research that split-testing research to indicate that virtually without exception, long copy outperforms short copy. Some significant research has been done that indicates that readership falls off dramatically at 300 words, but does not again drop off until 3,000 words, unquote Dan Kennedy. So I say, whatever works. So we've come full circle. The guidelines set forth by these copywriting pros can help, but the answer remains the same. The length of your headline and your copy will depend on whatever works for whatever you are selling. And the only way to know what works is to test different approaches. Test various headlines to see which works best at capturing attention and communicating a benefit. Test the amount of information you provide. Does more or less work better at producing the desired action? Ultimately, that's the only answer that matters to you. So now let's talk about writing good copy. The term style is thrown around a lot by writers, but it's a misnomer for copywriters because style doesn't work in the extremely short attention economy of the internet. Good copy isn't necessarily stylish, but the copy that establishes trust, authority, builds relationships and gets people talking, sharing, and buying is in high demand. A lack of style is what makes it work, so writers who master this style are sought after and revered. Legendary ad man David Ogilvy was one of those sought-after writers, and he said, A good advertisement is one which sells the product without drawing attention to itself. It sounds counterintuitive, but it holds up under pressure, and I'll explain why great content marketing is built on that exact premise. Clear communication is the key to effective copy. Your best copy needs to be display window clear. And you need to be out there every morning with your Windex to make sure it doesn't distract from the product or service you provide for your clients and customers. Every writer eventually reaches for a style guide to help them craft clear copy. And there are countless helpful rule books and list posts that offer writers advice about proper usage and consistent language. Many copywriters have their own internal style guide, and a lot of them also are big fans of the classic English guidebook, The Elements of Style, by Strunk and White. In it, William Strunk advises writers, quote, A sentence should contain no unnecessary words, a paragraph no unnecessary sentences, for the same reason that a drawing should have no unnecessary lines and a machine no unnecessary parts. 
This requires not that the writer make all his sentences short, or that he avoid all detail and treat his subjects only in outline, but that every word tell. Unquote. This is a very solid piece of advice for online publishers that was written in 1918. It was actually famed writer E.B. White who updated Professor Strunk's little 43-page English rulebook in 1959. White revived it from scholastic obscurity to become what Time Magazine is called one of the 100 best and most influential books written in English since 1923. E.B. White was more than a revered journalist. He was a contributor to the New Yorker for 60 years and an award-winning child's author, the Charlotte's Web. He honed his copywriting style as a copywriter in the 1920s and contributed what he learned to the Elements of Style reissue in Chapter 5, An Approach to Style. It's no secret why revered text is so short and so effective. Mr. White edited the style guide with some reluctance and was quoted years later as saying, quote, My role in a revival of Strunk's book was a fluke, just something I took on because I was not doing anything else at the time. It cost me a year out of my life, so little did I know about grammar. You can get The Elements of Style by Strunk and White, 4th edition, on Amazon for $5.99 in the book form, or 99 cents in the Kindle app. So make every word tell. White's lack of grammatical knowledge did not prevent the guide from becoming a bestseller for the better part of the last 50 years. In interviews, White wanted to remind writers that rules are meant to be broken and that every writer has their own unique point of view and voice. Style results from what a person is than from what he knows. Every writer can memorize rules, but how you get people's attention requires a lot of creativity. So don't get too hung up on the rules or the copy might end up sucking, and that would break the first rule of copywriting. Don't suck. Next, let's look at an annotated guide to the effective online copywriting style. This list is only a sampling of a a vast amount of knowledge available to online publishers and content marketers, but it contains a few things that have helped many copywriters along the way. So here are 11 of the most beneficial. Number one, use common spelling. Variations of common words distract your readers and pull them out of the story you're telling. So avoid. And I'm going to spell these out so that you get the difference. P-L-E-E-Z instead of please. T-H-R-U instead of through. N-I-T-E instead of night. Two 
M-O-R-O, instead of tomorrow. And one of the worst, the at symbol, instead of at. Tweets and text messages require some brevity, slang, and LOL acronyms, but connecting with your audience in longer copy requires fewer distractions. Number two, avoid hyperbole and fancy words. Sometimes you will need to tone down your language. Good copy cuts like a knife. When it's an action you're after, avoid big words that make you sound like you're trying too hard to sound smart or important. E.B. White said it best, quote, Do not be tempted by a $20 word when there is a 10 center handy. Unquote. Number three, put the reader first. It is our job as copywriters to tap into the hopes, dreams, and fears of our audience. This requires research and the magic of your word, you. Proven to be one of the English language's most powerful words, you is a word that can't lose. Number four, write in a natural way. You must speak the language of your audience and do it in a way that conveys you are a real person with genuine interest in offering your help and expertise. How else are your prospects going to get to know, like, and trust you? How else are search engines going to recognize that you have the answers to people's questions? Research, research, research. Know your audience inside and out and understand the language they use when they speak about your topic. Then use that language in your copy. Number five, work from an outline. Outlines work. If you don't have the energy or time to sketch out a simple AIDA outline, and we talked about that in an earlier episode, you should give yourself some idea of the goals you'd like to accomplish. Even something as simple as a post-it note with a few bullet points works. Successful writers use outlines. They're helpful in reminding you to stick to the point. Number six, write with nouns and verbs. Precise language convinces. Flowery language distracts. Concise and specific copy moves the prospect along, but adjectives and adverbs are often just filler. The more descriptors you throw in there, the higher the chances are that someone with the attention span of a hummingbird will click away unless you're describing the features of something technical. Number seven, revise and rewrite. World-class copywriter and advertising executive David Ogilvie is quoted as saying, quote, I am a lousy copywriter, but I am a good editor, unquote. He would edit his first draft four or five times before showing it to a client who would inevitably change it again. Number eight, do not overwrite. Without clarity, your copy doesn't stand a chance. Overwriting is a symptom of underthinking. 
good copy is difficult to write. Quote, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. Unquote. Albert Einstein. Number nine. Do not overstate. Superlatives have the power to wreck your copy. When you overstate or exaggerate your claims with things like trumped-up testimonials, you risk losing the trust of your audience. An understated promise often does a better job of capturing reader attention than screaming hype does. Number 10. Don't mix metaphors. If a product sings when used correctly, but sinks if used improperly, then it is guilty of being both a songstress and an anchor, and this is very distracting. Stick to one metaphor or the other, but not both in one sentence. And finally, number 11. Simplify your language. Make every word tell. Delete the words that are just window dressing. Need some examples? I'll try to include some in our next episode. See you then. No matter if you are new to online marketing or a struggling veteran, keep coming back, where you will learn how to develop your online strategies so you can achieve the success you desire. And hey, if you've not done so, please click on the subscribe button or inside the podcast app you're using, click follow so you'll not miss even one exciting episode. And while you're at it, why not go to market2online.com and see what resources we have available. You've been listening to the Market to Online podcast, where we help new and not-so-new creators reimagine their online strategies and finally live the life of their dreams. Thanks for listening.